Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. And uh, we got another busy one. Some great news from playoff hockey last night for local teams. Ice winning and sweeping the Saskatoon Blades to move on to the WHL Championship Series. And the Manitoba Moose do it again in overtime. Beating the Milwaukee Admirals, taking a 2-1 lead in their series. Now one game away from uh, moving on to the next round with both games, games four and a potential game five in Milwaukee. Um, we'll talk about both of these. We're going to have Scott Billick jump on the program. And Billick, of course, will uh, continue our thoughts on the aftermath of the season and a look ahead into the next couple months in a pivotal point of the Winnipeg Jets offseason and Brandon Rewicki is going to jump on as well and uh, we'll get uh, Bruce thoughts on the Jets as well as we'll talk a little Stanley Cup playoffs as well but we will check in with the Moose now I'm not sure whether it's going to be Dan Fink we had another amazing OT call we'll play that for you in a couple minutes or one of the players from the Moose but in the second half of the program we will go to Milwaukee and uh, check in with the club that's won two consecutive games in extra time to move within one game of moving on to the next round. And uh, of course, no big Jets news over the course of the last 24 hours, but still a lot to dissect coming out of uh, the end of the season and last weekend, as I mentioned, we'll kick that around with both Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun and Brandon Rowicki of Skates and Plates. Uh, obviously, I'll bring in Rima right away. We'll get to a little bit of last night's action in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. And uh, we'll have some time for the uh, Cool Bet Lions for a couple more big games tomorrow or tonight. Uh, game twos in round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Listen, just before we bring in Michael Remus, got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Assiniboia Downs, Modern Man Barbershops, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend Country Club, and our betting partner over at Cool Bet Canada. Speaking of Wallace & Wallace, at that uh, great final announcement yesterday, um, wrapping up this winter's Unsung Hero program with Wallace & Wallace. And make sure to join us tomorrow because... Josh Morrissey, who was uh, so kind to uh, help us out with that program and uh, obviously a big supporter of the Dream Factory is one of the ambassadors. Josh is going to join us. We'll talk about the season pass, look ahead to the offseason for him coming off the uh, really unfortunate end of his season in game three early on in the first period against the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we'll uh, thank him for uh, his involvement in that program as well. And of course, a big thanks to Wallace and Wallace for everything they do for us. All right, let's get to it. Let's get Remus in here. What's going on, dude? Hey, we do actually have some uh, Jets news. Just came out a minute ago. Sean Shapiro tweeting it. Um, Dylan Sandberg will be joining Team USA at the World Championships. Excellent. So we had heard um, Shifley and Morrissey won't be going for Canada. Um, and Ehlers was kind of up in the air. He said he might be playing some hockey. We're assuming that would be at the Worlds. But Sandberg on Team USA. Pretty awesome. Excited, excited to uh, see that. Great rookie season. Wasn't nominated for the Calder, but was tied for the lead for rookie uh, defenseman plus minus, tied with Owen Power, who did get nominated. So great season for Sandberg, and that's that's going to be cool. We'll be watching USA. You know what? I, I, that's just perfect timing. Shout out to Sean Shapiro for letting us know that right off the bat because 
as much as there's been a lot of hand wringing about the last week in and around Winnipeg and this hockey club, there there are. I mean, it's easy to focus on the negative, and it's easy to focus on a lot of the shrapnel from everything that we heard on the weekend. Um, but you know, looking ahead, Dylan Sandberg is going to be a big, big part of this hockey club, hopefully for a long time. And he had just a phenomenal rookie season. I thought got better and better throughout the year. And I think Dylan Sandberg is going to be a huge part of this blue line next year. And as I mentioned, hopefully for many years to come. And this World Championships opportunity, Remo, I mean, listen, you'd far rather be busy and unavailable. But for a young player like Sandberg to um, get a chance to play against so many stars from the National Hockey League and around the world to represent his country, for a guy that had a slower development path, I think this will be just a great opportunity. And I think about what that chance did for, for instance, an Adam Lowry last year who finally got a chance to uh, represent his country and uh, made the most of it. Um, that's a great way to start off the show, and congratulations, Dylan, for doing that. And uh, hope that, hopefully that's another experience that will help him continue to grow into um, you know, a very important cog on the Winnipeg Jet Blue Line. Yeah, I agree. And you look at the team, some people in chat asking about Connor Hellebuck, not named. I said Hellebuck, he needs a rest. Uh, he's he's got to take a breather after that season. For goalies, they did go with Casey to Smith. And Cal Peterson, these world championship teams have been trending um, a lot younger the last couple of years, although I see Nick Bonino on there, Alex Tuck as well. What about well. KFC? No, K- no KFC on the list. Um, Connor Garland's there. Looking at some Anders Bjork is on the list. Uh, who else? I mean, there's a bunch, a bunch, a couple others, but uh, no, he's the only Jet that I see, Hessler. Well, um, anyways, uh, that'll give us a reason to tune into uh, some uh, Team USA games. Like, the World Championships is, <laughs> I mean, ideally, you know, if this was at a time where, I, I mean, just imagine a world, Remo, where the World Championships, which happened every year, was truly a best-on-best best tournament. I mean, that's a world that I would love to live in. Don't don't get uh, started, I, <laughs> oh, Come on. I'd love to get close to even having that happen once a generation, I guess, to start off, <laughs> because right now we've got a generation of incredible players that haven't had that chance to do it. Um, but it's not one of those tournaments that, you know, like, honestly, I think you sort of tune in, or at least I always have as an NHL fan, as a person from Winnipeg that follows the Winnipeg Jets and paid most close attention to wherever the Jets players have been playing. Now, obviously, if Canada gets down to the medal round or into the gold medal game, you're pulling for uh, you're pulling for your own country. But it is an interesting tournament. You nailed it, actually, with the the trend, particularly of Team USA, going much, much younger. And um, I'll tell you what, I think, you know, considering the names that you just rolled out there, this is going to be a great, great opportunity for Dylan Sandberg to uh, show what he can do and, uh, you know, get important playing time. Uh, I don't think playing time is going to be an issue for him next year here in Winnipeg and in the National Hockey League. Um, um, and many would say that it shouldn't have been this year, considering the way that he played. But um, overall, we'll be paying attention to Team USA and, uh, of course, Team Canada as well when the World Championships do get going. Um, I mentioned right off the top, and we'll get to the Stanley Cup playoffs in a minute, uh, great, great night for our local teams on the road last night in the playoffs. So I guess first off, congratulations to the Winnipeg Ice. We talked to Munzee yesterday about their challenge going into Saskatoon with an opportunity to take care of the Blades in four straight, and they did exactly that. And now the Winnipeg Ice Dream are going to have probably, I would say, at least 
five or six days before they host game one of the Western Hockey League Championship. This, of course, was the round that they got bounced last year by the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, but this honestly was somewhat of a mismatch. I had a friend that I was out with last night that had just gotten off the plane from Saskatoon. And he had mentioned that, you know, talking to people around there, there wasn't a lot of confidence that the Blades were going to be able to do to the ice what they did in the previous round, losing the first three and coming back four straight. Um, and I think the ice learned a lot about what it takes to, uh, you know, succeed in that long grind of, you know, four rounds of the playoffs. And then, of course, potentially a spot in the Memorial Cup falling just short. Uh, you can't overstate how important it is to finish off teams when you have the opportunity to do that. They got the job done last night and uh, now of a couple days off, some great practice. Meanwhile, over on the other side of things, um, Brad Lambert and the Seattle Thunderbirds are still in the middle of their series with Kamloops. They're playing tonight a 2-1 series. Game 5 is going to go Saturday. So um, the earliest this thing could start would be early next week. Yeah, Brian sent out the schedule. I think that, yeah, they got some practice days, some days off, so we'll get a chance to come home, rest, recharge, and I'm excited. We'll get, you know, that's premier WHL hockey here. Uh, Conference championship taking place uh, against the winner of Kamloops in Seattle. And, of course, uh, Seattle has Winnipeg Jets 2022 draft pick uh, Brad Lambert, who has been absolutely tearing it up since returning uh, or since being assigned to uh, Seattle um, you know, in the start of 2023 after the World Juniors. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and I imagine that's going to be a hot one if you want to see see some, uh, you know, some top hot playoff hockey here in Winnipeg. Well, yeah, and I mean, as far as that series goes, they'll play game five one way or the other on Saturday. Game six is on Monday, and if game seven happens, it will, in fact, be the next night, which is interesting, but back-to-back games, including, I mean, not long travel between Kamloops and Seattle, but this, this series could go as long as Tuesday. And if that happens, then again, of course, you've got a long, long ride for whoever wins that series to Winnipeg for game one. So the ice could actually be waiting as long as maybe eight days before before they get back on the ice to play. But if it is Seattle and Brad Lambert, I think that's the perfect storm, for certainly for Winnipeg hockey fans and Winnipeg Jet fans who <clears throat> will love to see and will be totally behind the home team, the ice, as they try to win the WHL championship. But certainly for people that also pull for the Jets that are quite interested in some young men that could be key players in the future, um, to hear what he's done in Seattle and they get a chance to see it firsthand in Winnipeg would uh, would add even more to a potential, well, to a potential uh, Blades, or sorry, Thunderbirds ice series in the final. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one series we're keeping on. on. There's also another uh, playoff series here with, uh, Winnipeg team, uh, Manitoba Moose, uh, with another mm. overtime win last night, back-to-back uh, overtime wins. Uh, pretty incredible, winning 2-1. And you, know, you were said to me over the weekend, they just looked very outmatched in that first game, maybe because it was a long layoff. But um, here they are after three games, has in, well, in a good spot. It wasn't the long layoff. It was the fact that, I, I, I mean, listen, I mean, down the stretch, obviously we were obsessing and watching everything that the Jets were doing. And, you know, the Moose were pretty much, we knew that they were going to be a playoff team. Um, so maybe weren't watching every minute of Moose hockey as close to we were as Jets hockey. But as I mentioned, if you missed this, I went to the game on Friday night 
and I couldn't believe it. That team basically looked like the Nashville Predators that the Winnipeg Jets played down the stretch in those final weeks of the season. And, you know, with the trades that Nashville made, with the injuries that they had, um, half of the Milwaukee team was playing in the National Hockey League. And then those guys came down. And that has always been, um, you know, a real difference maker in the American Hockey League playoffs. What teams make the playoffs? What teams don't? Who comes back down? Who's eligible to play? And it just looked like that Milwaukee team was so stacked. And, I mean, they really, really worked the moose on that night. Goaltending was a bit of an issue as both of the top goalies on the Jets or the Moose had just come back from the Jets and arrived a little later on that day. But um, the one thing I'll say about the Moose Ream is that, I mean, they have they have a, a special level of resilience. Um, we've seen this over and over from this hockey club, and they hang around in games. Uh, they were less than a minute away from being down 2 nothing heading to Milwaukee on Sunday afternoon, and Cole Meyer scored that goal, and then Hark with the big one in OT. And last night, hung in there, traded punches with the Milwaukee Admirals, got some strong goaltending, and it was Wyatt Bongiovanni as the OT hero last night for Manitoba. And as I mentioned right off the top, this is a best-of-five series, first two in Manitoba, next three in Milwaukee. Getting that game three was absolutely huge, as big as it was getting the game two, because now they've got two outs or two opportunities to try to uh, take care of the Admirals. Yeah, and so what is the two the two three series? So they're hanging out in Milwaukee, and uh, we'll talk more with our Manitoba Moose mystery guest if it's Fink or or a player yeah. at the end at the end of the show. Uh, as far as last night goes in the uh, in the National Hockey League, um, well, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, going into two nights ago, there had been two occasions in NHL history where a player had scored four goals in an NHL playoff game and their team lost. 1986, Denny Savard, and 1993, Ray Ferraro. And incredibly, Remus, it has now happened on back-to-back nights. <laughs> Yesterday, we were talking about Joe Pavelski's heroics and that 5-4 OT loss to the Kraken. And today, Leon Dreisaitl with four last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. But it wasn't enough as the Oilers gave up a half dozen. And uh, for the seventh consecutive series, lose game one. Yeah, both Canadian teams going down in game one. Toronto um, first and then Edmonton. And Vegas, I mean, they're so good. You know, their aggressive forecheck, I think, really caused problems. A lot of turnovers from Edmonton. And we know they can make you pay uh, on the power play. But it was Vegas who also uh, scored a couple power play markers as well. And Leon Dreisaitl with the four goals. His playoff numbers are um, absolutely absurd. I think he's close to... Historically good. Yeah. uh, I think it was like close to two points a game, like 1.8 points per game. uh, 52 points in his last 25 playoff games. Um, Pretty pretty incredible. Uh, His playoff, Leon Dreisaitl. So we'll see how it goes. They don't play again until Saturday. They'll have a couple days off here to regroup. There is big talk has going into the game about Mark Stone and his health. You played the video here of him gingerly walking off the ice, and I said that I think said to you before the show, I think this Mark Stone injury. I think it's a work huss. It's just all an elaborate hoax <laughs> to get around the salary cap. They're they're telling him, you know, I don't. We don't even know. Did he really even have 
back surgery yesterday. They just put him on LTIR. Oh, he was in Bermuda. Yeah, he was, was in Bermuda, sitting in my ties and watching and just games told him, on the internet. Okay, Mark, you're going to go on practice and gingerly walk off the ice. Just, like, go really slow on the bench, and then, you know, they'll think you're injured. But when you come to play, you'll be 100%, and you can score all, all these points. But in all seriousness, what, a, what an incredible performance from, from Mark Stone, who... I do see those comments in chat every time about Vegas uh, being over the cap. But uh, here they are, and it's amazing the success that they've had. I'm just thinking about Vegas advancing to another conference final. Gets people angry, us, when these expansion teams uh, are doing so well. Well, you know what? I mean, this goes back to the philosophy of the league when, um, I mean, what did they charge? Half a billion dollars and then 600 million? Um, You know, you... I think they wanted these teams to be somewhat competitive. No one could have imagined. And let's face it, no one predicted that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to be any good in the first year. And we all know how that year ended. Um, and everyone was writing off the Kraken this year. No one thought they'd make the playoffs. And no one sure as hell thought they'd beat nope. the Colorado Avalanche. And no one thought they'd beat the Dallas Stars in game number one. So I always say it. That's why they play the games. And uh, we're learning a lot about, you know, two very different teams right now. I mean, Vegas an underdog against the Edmonton Oilers for obvious reasons when you have the um, the incredible super elite talent that Edmonton has. Um, But tonight, um, you know, Dallas has to get this one. And I expect that they will. We saw a number of teams lose game one in the first round and come back and win the series. So by no stretch uh, are they behind it. But I just found that bizarre that uh, (laughs) Tricidal just continues to do what he's doing but they weren't able to get the win last night. And uh, we should mention that Jersey Carolina, I've been so off on Jersey. I can't get a read on this team. I really thought that they might have the advantage in the jump coming out of game seven, like the Kraken did on uh, uh, like the Kraken and Florida Panthers did the other night. Uh, But that wasn't the case. They only had one shot in the first period last night against the Carolina hurricanes and uh, the Canes who have been written off by a lot of people, despite being, consistently really good for the last five plus six years under Rod Brindamore. Uh, Maybe the injuries are, maybe they are able to overcome them. Um, Sebastian Ajo leading the way last night. Uh, They have, I saw a real interesting thing on NHL network with Mike Johnson talking about the style of forecheck that the Carolina hurricanes use, you know, with a stick first and then the body. And it, it was neat because you often don't see, you know, many differences in styles when it comes to actual technique. But I, I mean, I think Mike's one of the best in the business. He sort of broke that down. You can, maybe I'll retweet that if I can find it again. Um, bottom line is great start for Carolina who uh, jumped on a team that had just played a real tough seven game series. We didn't see the Leafs do that. We did not see the Dallas stars do that, but uh, Carolina got the job done last night. And I think it speaks to, the playoff experience that they have in that lineup and in that dressing room, even with the likes of uh, Svechnikov out. Yeah, day one of the first, or sorry, the second round was the road teams winning, and day two had both of the home teams winning with Vegas and Carolina. We know there that's a team Hus that plays well structured, strong defensively, and they do have injuries with Svechnikov, Teravainen, and uh, Pacioretty out, but they're still very strong. On defense, they you know it was Anderson yesterday. They got solid goaltending. So um, and as for New Jersey, uh, Timo Meyer, they said today remains day to day, and he didn't play yesterday. So we're on Meyer day to day. Watch us. 
But uh, Carolina, a lot of people picking the Islanders to upset them, and a lot of people picking New Jersey after seeing them. But um, they just keep keep doing it. So uh, good good for them. Well, and, and I'll say this, and we maybe we'll touch on this when we hit the cool bet lines a little later on. But if you still believe in the Leafs, if you still believe in the Dallas Stars, if you still think Edmonton's going to get it done in this series, Jersey as well. Um, the series prices for uh, for betting right now have changed significantly after the first losses by those teams. So if you still have faith, now might be a good way to a uh, good time to get in. Uh, listen, Billick's going to join us in a couple minutes. I see some people in chat as well talking about the uh, the email from True North to uh, Winnipeg Jet fans um, through their mailing list, and. Uh, I know a lot of people had a bit of a field day with that very unfortunate email that came out in the aftermath of the weekend. Um, but I uh, think this one uh, this one hits the mark uh, a lot better. Um, and it's from <clears throat> John Olfert, who's the president of, um, of True North Sports and Entertainment. And I won't read the entire thing, but essentially it's uh, expressing sincere appreciation and gratitude for your loyal support of our Winnipeg Jets during the season. True North's purpose is to be relentless in our pursuit of providing a superior fan experience, developing championship caliber hockey teams, nurturing our employee team, and collectively making a meaningful and consistent contri contribution to our community. They link to the True North purpose. Um, but again, it, moving on, it's the fans who turn hockey games at Canada Life Centre into events, who transform an NHL playoff game into a Winnipeg whiteout with all the fun and games that uh, these games bring. Um, Despite an exceptional start to the season and qualifying for postseason play, we share in the disappointment by not advancing further and is, is an organizational goal to win a Stanley Cup for our city and province. Um, in response, we offer no excuses or rationalizing comments, but instead embrace the resilience our community is known for and continue our collective efforts to improve for the future. Looking ahead, they mentioned a $13 million renovation already underway to improve service offerings, the North Concourse, and Wi-Fi for all fans at Canada Life Centre. Uh, they then mentioned the tireless efforts of our hockey management and scouts as they prepare for the combine, the draft, and the necessary work required to develop championship-caliber teams. And uh, the organization remains focused on sales efforts within the framework of the Forever Winnipeg ticket sales campaign. So, I mean, listen, they nailed uh, they nailed a number of the uh, the points. I mean, listen, you can put that out in a number of different ways. Um, I certainly, what I'm seeing in the chat and hearing from people, Remo, is that the, uh, the response to that message is... Um, a lot more positive than uh, the un very unfortunate one that was, uh, I mean, obviously a gaffe. We talked about it earlier this week. Certainly was was a gaffe. And, yeah, I think this is what um, people wanted to see, appreciation uh, for the fans, commitment to reaching their goal of winning the Stanley Cup and uh, improved Wi-Fi at, uh, at the Canada Life Center. I think we all... We all want that hustler. Got to post on social media and tell everyone that we're at the games. Like, why even go? You can't put it on your Instagram story. Am I right? Hey, the Wi-Fi's better. We'll commit to more food reviews from yeah. the games coming up next exactly. year. Exactly. We could... Easier to pull those off. That's what we want. So I, I actually, you know, we were there, the construction at that bottom, you know, the bottom level, the restaurant there. Uh, where that Moxies is. So I'm excited to see what they're doing because you know they removed that wall where the Moxies was, and you're like, wait a second, this is just Moxies, but 
without the wall, but I think they do have. It's clear well, they have bigger was, plans. That was awesome. I mean, I know you didn't oh. get to many games in the uh, in the lower bowl this yeah, year, it was but good. That became, I mean, one of the challenges of a small footprint, and we don't need to spend too much time on this, is that you know, especially in the center areas of the two sides, um, you know, it gets really, really packed, um, you know, at the intermissions. So that area opening it up allowed, uh, first of all, it was a great meeting place for people, um, you know, at intermissions during the during the season. Um, it also just allowed a little bit more space and more uh, room to breathe because um, that is and always has been a real challenge for Canada Life Centre or for uh, now, uh, yeah, Canada Life Centre. I was going to say MTS Centre <laughs> way back in the, the day. Uh, when that, place? Which one when, when it was place? Uh, when it was originally built. Um, so listen, uh, but, you know, again, this uh, – you know, the, the main things we're going to be talking about is the future from a hockey side of things, but all of these things are important, and uh, obviously we'll be all over it here on Winnipeg Sports Talk throughout the off season. All right, Billick's coming up. I'm wearing my fish shirt today. I It's beautiful outside. The sun is shining. I cannot wait for the 19th and Goldeye's home opener right now, and uh, it was neat. I saw the guys. They uh, opened training camp yesterday continuing today and then uh, heading out on the road for some preseason games and to begin their season. Uh, Fish uh, as a team, I think, went out as a group over to Finns yesterday. Had a nice meal before things got going. So um, anyways, mark it down. 19th is home opener. We're going to be doing some real fun stuff with the Gold Eyes, including a couple Winnipeg Sports Talk nights, gathering the crew in and around Craft Beer Corner to uh, take in everything that is uh that is summer baseball in winnipeg and i can't wait to see the new rules as well i mean as i said you guys knew i was at the jays games a couple weeks ago when i was in toronto and i just could not believe how much that pitch clock changed the game and uh, that's going to be there in the american association as well this year so bring it on go to goldeyes.com if you want to look at season tickets mini packs group tickets uh and all their promotional schedule including the big day in august when our guy Reggie Abercrombie's number is retired. Looking forward to being a part of that as well. Um, I do want to thank our friends over at Modern Man Barbershop. Uh, Modern Man is doing a big event coming up on Sunday at the new location on Pembina Highway. Uh, of course, we've got eight locations for Modern Man, but two new locations, Plessy and Pembina Highway, right by Bishop. Uh, 12 to 5 on Sunday. Haircuts are going to be $9 with proceeds going to Cancer Care Manitoba. Uh, the first 100 people there are going to get a free lunch from the Jeepney food truck. Uh, and as you can tell, I've been putting off a cut for a little while, so I'll be there as well for uh, probably the first hour or so and uh, get the great services of our friends at Modern Man as well. Um, so I'll tell you what, we've got a whole bunch of things coming up. I do want to thank our friends at Manitoba Battery as well. The gang at Manitoba Battery is ready to go. Uh, we have a blowout of golf cart batteries for the opening of the season. Uh, they're celebrating their 10th birthday right now. And uh, as we get ready for uh, taking on Manitoba golf courses this year, and of course ripping around from site to site, if you have a need for a golf cart battery, right now is the time to do it. Both six and eight volt batteries are on sale for 167 and 177, and you get 1750 back when you return your cores as well. The Manitoba battery and those prices include delivery anywhere in the city of Winnipeg. So uh, head on down to uh, see Donnie and the gang, 1026 Logan Avenue, and you can also 
Order online or find out more online at manitobabattery.com. And uh, hey, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, the official spirit of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bomber training camp coming up as well. Cannot wait for that. Um, in the meantime, you can grab Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and the CC and Gingers now available in 473 milliliter bottles. Pick that up. Uh, at your local beer vendor as well. And if you can't find it, ask them for it. should be there as it's uh, pretty much available citywide. All right, let's uh, welcome in Scotty Billick to the program uh, for uh, a little more uh, chat. It's, a lot's happened since we spoke with Scott last Thursday. Uh, we were getting ready for Game 5. Man, Scott, Game 5 seems about a month ago after everything that's happened in the last week. Felt like a long weekend, didn't it? Like <laughs> last weekend was a long weekend. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I mean, this season's over, right? I mean, I guess that's the thing. And so you start the, you start the funeral procession, as it were, um, with this team. And yeah, you know, ever since, you know, they went out Thursday, the way that they went out Thursday, um, the, obviously Rick Bonus's comments after that game, and and then you know the the players' response and 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 ultimately. Rick's response that day, which was odd, and then Kevin Shovel Day off um, on Sunday, um, you know, speaking for almost forty-five minutes and uh, not saying a whole lot. So it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the, uh, it was quite the weekend. And I think, I think now people are starting to like, you know, it, it, everything's starting to come down a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it, it, it's been a week. It's been a while. It's been a wild week uh, uh, in this town for at least on the hockey side of things, for sure. Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt about that. And, it, uh, I, I mean, I, obviously, I don't think we need to go back enough. Ink has been spilt <laughs> on what didn't happen in Game 5. But right. fu- yeah. funny enough, it was the reaction of Bones <laughs> to a really unfortunate poor performance, one that we'd seen before from uh, this core, at least, um, you know, facing elimination that sort of brought out um, – it was pretty clear. I mean, I think and he said it himself. I mean, once you get back to some of the things that happened during that long, long swoon in February, that um, th- this was bubbling up and it couldn't happen anymore. Although um, yeah. the, the ironic thing about the whole thing is that this has made, I think, Rick Bonus even more popular than he already was with the Winnipeg Jet fan base because I think there's a lot of people that, you know, appreciated um, the exclamation park shall, uh, point, shall we say, that he put on it, although that obviously was not shared by a, a number of players. And, and that is an issue, whether fans love the bravado or the bluster of it or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, w- I was waiting to see what happened in that Boston series. And, and it was interesting because when Boston lost, I was like, okay, how, you know, how are these guys going to handle it? Because there's a team, and yeah, it's a historical team, whatever, but like I just go back, and I promise I'm, I'm talking about the Jets here in the end. But you know, it, it was just Brad Marchand came out as like, yeah, it's my fault, you know. Like, and, and that's I, I think you know I've had people email me and tell me and 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 say you know it's not um, it, you know the the coach maybe shouldn't have came out like that and been you know that we like we ask for honesty, right? Like at the end of the day we want and it's not that we want guys just to fly off the handle but we want their honest assessment whether it's 15 minutes after a game or if it's two days after a game right and rick bonus came out and gave his honest assessment and honestly like i mean i I almost expected him to walk it back and like i can understand he didn't like using the word disgusted 
you know, that's fine. I mean, you know, I, I think I think he felt that he made a mistake in the in in his wording, but but he didn't step back from you know the pushback comments. He didn't say he was going to tone it down. Like you know, this is what it is, and he offered no real apologies outside of maybe one word, and it it. it it didn't bother me. Like I'm not saying, like nothing. Nothing. This is personal or anything. But it just you watch you watch other teams bow out of the playoffs, and and they, you know, the the coach doesn't have to come out and tell and rip the team because you listen to the players after, and it's just it's accountability. And I just I didn't see enough accountability from 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 the players, and it, it wasn't necessarily shocking from some of them. But there's a few that I was like, you know, I thought Adam Lowry probably could have maybe handled that better. I, you know, Josh Morrissey was a Norris candidate because of Rick Bonus, um, because of the, you know the belief that that Rick Bonus had in Josh, and and the situations and the way that they featured him on the power play and all that stuff. You know, I, just, I was just waiting for somebody to take accountability, and I thought, you know, and I wrote this over the weekend or on on Monday. The only person that really like actually said something that was like, I don't want to say truthful, but like of substance was Connor Hellbuck, who essentially said, you know, maybe we just don't have the right group here or the right mix of players or whatever. Right. And, and to me, like, that's the, that's the, you know, that, that's the truth in all of this, right? Like Connor Hellbuck could almost see the forest through the trees here and it wasn't, and, and, and he still, you know, I don't think he was too happy with the comments, but, at, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you have to sit there and 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 you, you you have to take it on the chin there. Like, I mean, I I just did, I didn't like the idea, and I I, I know people kind of balk about whether you know, you know, bonus got dragged or or whatever or thrown under the bus or anything like that. I mean, to me, it was you know the players were there. I think the truth for me was there was more pushback on that podium on on Saturday. Than there was on Thursday night when it mattered the most, and, and oh, yeah. I think you know at the end of the day that's 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 the that's the problem, right? I mean, I think I think if if the words are the problem more than the performance is the problem, mm-hmm. then that's mm-hmm. the actual problem, right? So well, and, and you know what is funny, and we had Dave, <laughs> uh, we had Dave Poulin on um, on Tuesday, um, yeah, and and that's posted on the YouTube channel if you missed it. A really interesting conversation about the Jets and the off season, everything that happened on the weekend from a guy that. As you know, has been a player, has been an executive, has been in the media, um, and if anything, he said, um, you know, this accelerates um, some of the changes that you know that need yeah. to be uh, be made, whether we heard it from the general manager or uh, or not. But just on a couple things that you said there, um, listen, I think Rick had to say something, uh, and we were both in the room when all of a sudden the plans changed yeah. from Rick not speaking <laughs> to him coming in and. <laughs> If only we could yeah. have had that NHL dot, uh, NHL.com feed because Ken Weave did a live reenactment of the infamous WST gif, if you recall. <laughs> and, oh, what? It was just an yeah. amazing Weave moment. Um, <clears throat> but listen, he came out there, and I guess he, I mean, as you mentioned, you said, oh, maybe that was a bad choice of words. But, I mean, I didn't take any of that as walking it back. I mean, no, uh, the thing yeah, that stood out like, for me is I will never accept an effort like that in a game exactly. like that. And and I thought that absolutely needed to be said. Um, and I think Rick Bonus was brought in to try to reinstill or, uh, you know, establish more accountability that I think we'd all agree was certainly missing before. And I think still 
there's still a process to get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, part of that will probably mean, you know, some personnel changes, but I think yeah. there's a lot of more development on some of these players. Lowry and Morrissey are interesting because, um, you know, as we've talked about with Dave, I mean, those are probably the last guys that Rick Bonus was talking about when he was discussing, I mean, yeah. you know, their best players being it. And, you know, the more, because I mean, I was there and I sort of was a little surprised as well at the, you know, the, the tone from those guys, especially Lowry. I mean, Josh is in a tough position because he wasn't even playing in the game and he's got all the disappointment of not being there. Could I have made a difference? Would things have been different? But I think because of how fresh that was and obviously how hot a number of the other players were, I think in some ways that was them kind of sticking up for their teammates, which, yeah, which, yeah. which I mean is admirable in some ways, but um Listen, it did create a situation, a very difficult situation for many of those guys. But to be honest, when you play the way they did in game five and you go out the way they did, that's going to happen. And um, I guess going forward, I mean, the big question that I have uh, that I think a lot of people do is, is what is the aftermath of this? I mean, listen, it, these guys are professionals, and I think that they're going to want to make sure that they're keeping guys with the level of maturity to – you know, maybe, and it'll be interesting. I mean, a couple of weeks later, when they look back at that, I wouldn't be surprised if some guys had said, you know, listen, we didn't appreciate the tone or anything like that. But, you know, when you look back at the game and the way the season ended, we probably, um, you know, there was, there was some merit to what Rick, Rick was saying. Um, but, and I'm not sure if it's all about mending fences or anything like that, but no, just getting yeah. back to the bottom line, which is, you need to put forth that effort and not, it was incredibly concerning because this has happened before against St. Louis. It happened against Montreal. And I mean, and that's a terrible thing to have hanging over a team that the minute you get pushed to the brink, um, you just fold. And uh, I hate to say it, but that sort of happened in game five and we'd seen it before. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this need, team needs to figure out, the players that are, and and I think it's 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 quite, it, it's it's fairly obvious, you know, perhaps who needs to go here, who they need to start building this team around, what kind of identity? Because I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're looking at this team and you're like, okay, you, you want them like where where was the hard work in game five, right? Like where was that? Like, you know, what where was the 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 pushback? Like you need a team. That has that's driven by, um, you know, it, it, pride. You know, and, and Rick Bonus said it right. It, 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 pride was a word that he used post game, and that that's a that's a theme because we heard that at the end of last season with with Paul Stasny's comments, and 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 I believe even Kyle Connors. I mean, along those lines, and and so you need to get in some players here that that take pride in what they're and like. It's you know you're not saying that all these guys aren't taking pride in what they're doing, but it was such a problem um, this season at times that you know the, this court couldn't dig itself out of a hole for two months, you know, and and you know you see teams go through bad stretches in the season and all that, but like the, the arguably the toughest stretch that the Jets went through in the season was their best part of this season, right? Like the they're dealing with injuries and, and, and they brought in all these kind of hardworking guys, the Mikey Esamonts and stuff like that. And, and then you just wonder like, where was Mike? Like, isn't Mikey Esamont the type of player you would have wanted in the playoffs? You know, like, a, 
you know, there was a skill there to go along with like the tenacity and, and the work ethic. And it, it just seems like this team has, has built itself into, I don't want to, it, it's sort of soft skill, right? Like it, it's the identity of this team is, you know, they have a lot of the same players. Um, they do a lot of the same things. You know, we were talking earlier in the season that you couldn't put Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele on the same power play because both guys wanted to play the same position, right, on that on the power play. Like, I mean, it, you look back at the season and you see all these different kind of, I don't know you want to call them red flags or or whatever, but it's just like, like this team needs to be, one of the pillars of their creed was be like water. Um, and Nick, uh, sorry, Nate Schmidt um, mentioned this uh, at the end of the year, like, you know, adapting to different roles and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was just times this season where it seemed like guys refused or didn't want to play a certain role that they needed to play on that team. And, and I think at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. I mean, you, you need to get in players into this team that are willing to do what it takes to win hockey games. And I just think at the end, at the end of this season, I think, and at the end of this kind of era of this core you, you, it just, you know, as Calabuck said, it just, it just hasn't been the right mix of players that are willing to do what it need, that what it takes, all at the same time to pull in the right direction and kind of win hockey games and 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 you know, kind of battle through adversity at times. And that that's the biggest thing for you know, Mark uh, or sorry, Kevin Shovel Day off this summer is, you know, because we know he's going to be back. So you have to suss out on this team who is going to fit whatever identity that they want this team to be. Cause that's the other thing. Like I, I just don't see this team that, that that's really had an identity since, since 2017, 18, really. Like, I mean, you look at that team and maybe the first half of the 2018, 19 season, but you know, it was a big, they had a big defense, right? It, it was, um, it was, it was, they were a hard team to play against. You look at Ivan Barbashov's Carmen. I don't know if you guys talked about this earlier on the show, but you know, he, he said yesterday, He's like, well, this series against Edmonton is, you know, it, it's way more physical than than the one against Winnipeg, and like that. That's sort of the thing to me, right? Is like this Jets team didn't really which is have a bizarre statement and because that was, was a, a physical series, and there was a ton of hitting, and I mean it they've had one heavy, game, right? so I, I mean, yeah. like like Edmonton uh, yeah. wasn't running them out of the building or anything like like that no. last night. I mean, at all. I, I just <laughs> and, I, and Edmonton I, lost. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, I I, I just think that the jets didn't show they just didn't show a, a side of themselves in that series that was consistent enough and, and you know we look well, at unfortunately this, like, scott what is... what's been consistent is we've seen that for a number of years so right, here exactly. we are so here yeah. we are and again we've had these conversations before yeah. about about it all moving yeah. forward yeah. um i i really do believe especially when we talk about some of those things you mentioned you know Shifley not wanting to move off that position in the in the power play and some of those things. Like I really do think that some of these changes that we're talking about, there will be some benefits from addition by subtraction to the culture of the club. Um, and whether that's allowing guys that you know I personally believe in more as leaders to step up and really be the leaders going forward. And this is what this is what gets to Blake's situation. I mean, yeah. I got a lot of time for what Blake did this year on the ice. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, at his age, and I know people are bent that this is the last couple of years of what was referred to as a legacy contract. You can debate that all you want. Um, yeah. He's had an incredible run here. 
but it's very clear from what we heard with him starting the kind of, and maybe the most emphatic shot at Bones and then some other guys following the way, he still is in a lot of ways the alpha in the room. And um, yep. like I got no issue with whatever, with what he did on the ice. But if you are looking to change over your leadership, your culture, you know, unfortunately, he's probably a guy that, you know, you're looking to move out. Shifley as well. Yep. I mean, and this goes back to 2019. I mean, that was the time where those guys were given the keys to the room and then Buff leaves and then Patrick <laughs> Line's gone and, you know, we can relitigate all of that. But yeah, no, th- yeah. I, I think there is the potential, regardless of what comes back, on what assets come back, that there could be some addition to subtract, uh, by subtraction when it comes to what Rick Bonus is trying to do establishing the accountability within the group. Um, and then the other thing, and this is what it comes to Shevel Day off, and this is why I understand, not that really told us anything, um, there's so many things up in the air when you're thinking about some of these key players that could be traded. And, you know, wh- what they are looking for, both in talent, in skill, in age, at point in contract, but also in character and some of those things that it's very hard to get an analytic number on. And Mikey Essamont's a perfect example. Yeah. The energy and will that sometimes had been lacking on some points before. And uh, you put that all together um, and it's a big, long list, but I, I really do believe that despite the fact that on paper, when these deals are made, whatever ones are, you're probably looking at getting back multiple pieces for one player. And on paper, it's not as good. But I'll tell you what, I think Rick Bonus is going to be in a better position next year if those deals are made to continue to create that level of accountability that I think can be a rising tide for the entire team. Yeah, I, I don't think this team needs to be an all-star team at all times, right, to, to be competitive. And I think you see that around the NHL. I mean, you're, you're watching it right now with with teams like Seattle in the playoffs and, 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 and teams like that that are, you know, Florida even. And I get that Florida's got some really good players. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the Jets the Jets have a lot of really good, talented players, right? And and I still go back to Hellbuck because that's what he said. I mean, not, you know, he, he's not there's a lot of real talent on this league that I think if you you send anywhere else in in the NHL they're going to be premier players for the teams that they're playing on and and but at the same time like you just like you need it's not the right it's not the right group here and so you're going to have to yeah you have to find players that are willing to play the style of game that your head coach wants because if they're not then you have the wrong head coach and if and if he's not if the GM's not willing to to do it, then why why do you have the head coach find the bench? Because like now Kevin Shelvadeoff knows who Rick Bonus is. He knows exactly how he coaches. He knows the type of players that he likes to use. Um, so there's an identity. Like if you want, you don't have to go in. We don't have to go into every season. Like what's the identity of your team, right? Like you know they always said, "Well, I was too early." Like 30 games in to figure out what your identity is. Like some of the best teams in this in the league already have established their identity before the season starts. You know, because that's the way the team is built. I, I always go back to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's not a good fair an exception." Well, you know, it is fair because that's the team that you want to be. Ultimately, you want to be a Stanley Cup winner, and and so you don't have to build it the same way because you're going to have different parts and all that sort of thing. But you do want to create some sort of identity um, based on the players that you bring in. And that's how you want to make your team better. You want to mold your team around a certain style of play. 
and, 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 and a coaching philosophy and all that. And I think you have a number of those players here, right? Yeah, I but the bottom I, line I, is there's a number of guys on this team that, that as talented and skilled as they are, yeah, that they don't seem to fit in to right. the identity that Rick Bones is and trying so to, to is trying to establish. Yeah. And listen, Tampa at one point would have been a team that was trying to build that. Um, the Jets, I think like many teams in the National Hockey League, are a work in progress right now at getting to there. And I think having one year with Bones on the job, giving him the background of knowing what he got from some players, what he didn't from others, and frankly what is yeah. missing um, – hopefully is going to be a driving factor in a number of these moves. Now, I mean, as we know, there's a lot of other factors and, you know, when it comes to who you're able to get, but I do of think course, that there's yeah. going to be, you know, there, there'll be plenty of opportunity to bring in and to move players. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's in the present, you know, with a couple younger players that are on ELCs or their first contract coming in. I mean, I think those are the sort of players that are going to be targeted that make sense for this club that, yeah. That, that can then be part of the identity to use your term moving forward. And, um, and that's going to be on a number of levels of the organization to make happen. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. I mean, I, I think that's at the end of the day, that's what it has to be. And, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, let's say they do trade Mark and they do trade while well, they try and trade Blake and, and maybe even Hellebuck, um, you know, what, what are you getting in return? Like for me, Blake Wheeler doesn't really bring a lot in return. You might actually have to pay somebody to get rid of his contract. I mean, at the end of the day, or, or they might buy him out. We'll see what happens. Um, I think Mark gets you, you know, a decent return, but you have to also understand like these guys are one year away. And so how much our team is really going to, you know, be willing to pay if Mark Shifley wants to test the free agent market too. It, it is delicate. You know, it, it's really delicate. Oh, to be honest, I think it's actually, it might, it might help the Winnipeg Jets, at least in Shifley's so? case. Well, because Perhaps. listen, Shifley, Shifley comes yeah. with incredible skill, incredible talent, but I think also a bit of a tarnished reputation. And I think he's right. going to go into a spot where they're know what they're, they know what they're getting. They know that they're going to have yeah. a very motivated player to come in and do that. And the fact of the matter is, is that we see what teams pay at the trade deadline for guys for that final six weeks. It can be massive at times. So, yeah. you know, that way you have to come in. You don't have to commit long-term right off the bat. If it works, you can go that way. And if not, it, 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 it listen, I, 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 there's no doubt that with the contract that he was on, if they had decided to make this decision a couple years ago and a team knew that they were getting three years oh, yeah. at 6.125, that value was more. But I think all we need to do is look at some of the moves around the league, especially at the deadline and knowing what teams are getting for a player on that contract that just scored 42 goals. There'll be something uh, There'll be something for him. Listen, Bill, we yeah. got to just quickly fill us in on what you guys have coming up over at the Sun. we got Brandon coming up, but uh, yeah. I know the, the, the offseason's just bombers, getting bombers, started. Bombers. And, of course, the Bombers are back. <laughs> yeah. Bombers, 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 a little bit of sea bears, a little ice, a little uh, gold ice. You were mentioning it earlier before I came on. Gold eyes uh, saw their spring training, sort of whatever you want to call that. Their, their training camp uh, is getting underway here. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, there'll be jet stuff along the way, but I, I think a lot of people are just looking forward to getting outside and, and, and you know, maybe watching some of our outdoor uh, teams here in the city and, and that sort of thing getting going. So, yeah, um, I'm off the rest of the week here. But, uh, yeah, can't, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Bombers this year. I just it, it, there's a lot. So, I mean, you know, it's football and there's just so many storylines. 
and here's a team that's probably going to be out for revenge this year. Probably think, you know, they should have won. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of that band still coming back uh, from last year, and uh, it's the Bombers. It's Michael Shea's team. It, it's going to be a juggernaut again, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Unfinished Business mm-hmm. Tour begins in a couple yeah. weeks, and uh, we'll uh, make arrangements for you to have a day off, and uh, we'll meet you down at Craft Beer <laughs> Corner at the ballpark as well and uh, yes. enjoy summer right out of the gate with that home opener coming up later on this month. Scotty, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Scott you. Scott Billick, Winnipeg's son. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Scott Billick as well. Um, all right, we're going to have Brandon Rewicki jump on in a, just a few minutes, but as we talk about summer and everything coming up, uh, folks, uh, make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. Uh, and whole home renos start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Barbecue season is here, folks, and uh, man, our friends at Vita Health are ready for it. With the warm weather has arrived, you need to get down to Vita Health and stock up on delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And the perfect thing to help you digest that red meat is Health First Primezyme Digestive Enzymes. Symptoms like heartburn, gas, bloating, and abdominal pain after meals. Maybe signs that you're not digesting food well. Health First Primezyme can help supplement enzyme levels to help break down proteins, carbohydrates, fats, lactose, and reduce digestive discomfort. That way you can enjoy that delicious food you're cooking. We may have to get some Health First Primezyme for our next guest, the host of Skates and Plates, Brandon Rowicki. Um, Vita Health Fresh Market, of course, you can't make it down to one of the seven Vita Health stores. You can visit their website to buy online with local delivery options. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, we gave out our final Unsung Hero Award with our friends at Wallace & Wallace. Can't thank them enough for the support of that program. And tomorrow, Josh Morrissey will join us to uh, wrap it up. We'll talk to Josh about the season and the upcoming offseason, um, as well as connect with the Dream Factory, who is, of course, the beneficiaries of the donations from Wallace & Wallace, which, of course, were matched by Josh and Margo Morrissey. So looking forward to that. Of course, Wallace & Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. Visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road on Keniston for uh, more on what they can do for you on a fencing or as the uh, biggest and largest selection of overhead doors in the city. Uh, how's the uh, closet looking, guys, as we get into spring and summer? If you need to up your menswear game, head on down and see the gang at F Apparel with custom suits beginning at 400 bucks. not to mention chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Have an, are you involved in a wedding party? Save some money and get a great suit that you can wear beyond the big day. 15% discount for wedding parties and a free custom shirt and tie valued at $150 for 2023 high school grads with the purchase of a new suit. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's EPHapparel.com. And uh, hey, this weather's finally here. Golf courses are open. We're spending some time outside and it is blizzard season. Pop down and see our friends at the Nick and Nikki DQ. Four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And of course, if you do need 
a uh, ice cream cake or a potentially a blizzard cake for a little party or gathering, you can hit them up at DQ Manitoba and they will get that ready for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right, let's get Rewiki on here. Brandon, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm just peachy. How's it going over there? Did we? Now, I'm trying to remember. Did we talk last week on Thursday before Game 5, or did you come on on Friday after Game 5? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I was, I, so I came on after Game 5, but it feels like it was so long ago. I was like, have I not come on since the exit interviews? Yeah. And I haven't. No, it, it feels yeah, like yeah. it's a month I ago. Might, that was I might Saturday have to go and to Sunday. Health. I might have to go to Vita Health for that stuff there because I, I couldn't stomach the crap that came out of Canada Life Center on the weekend there. I don't know about everybody else, but my God. It was uh, it was something. Um, I was down there for the entirety of it on Saturday and on Sunday, and it was uh, – and again, we spent a lot of time talking about it. I'm kind of more interested in kind of moving forward as to where the team goes, but uh, it, it was – it was a spectacular end to the season on uh, a number of ways. Everything outside of the performance by the team in game number five. And unfortunately, that's something we've seen from the Winnipeg Jets in 2019 against the Blues, against the Montreal Canadiens. But um, we've never heard anything quite like what Rick Bonus had after the game on Thursday. And uh, I guess maybe we were naive to think that that wouldn't really change the mood around everything that was going to happen at the rink on garbage bag day. Yeah, that, that was spectacular in the sense that the SpaceX rocket exploded into flames was also spectacular. Like, not not, not the same reason that you would want to watch a spectacle, right? But, but that's the way it's been the past couple of years, man. Like, that's kind of been not the highlight of the year, right? But that's been the most newsworthy item about the Winnipeg Jets is more so what's going on off the ice than what's going on on the ice. And... You know, after a few days of reflection and things like that, and, you know, Murat brought up a really good point in one of his recent articles where, you know what, you could almost understand where the players were coming from in a sense. And that, like, yeah, they probably weren't happy about it, but it's in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's the biggest of deals. Like, they were pissed off. Bones was pissed off. Coaches, players generally butt heads. It's something that you kind of assume that, for the majority of them, they're going to be able to get over with. And I, I think that's a fair point to make. But it was more so what we saw and what we heard on, on Sunday from, from the general manager, where it was this bizarre celebration of mediocrity. And, again, over-reliance on what happened for, for one magical year in 2018. And, and that, to me, was way more so the newsworthy part than what we heard the players say out there on on Saturday because the players are kind of going to say what they generally do. They don't step out of line all that much. And again, what player wants to be a part of a rebuild? I, I imagine ninety nine percent of pro players don't. So there there wasn't as much there, but it was more so. Th- there's a kind of this doom and gloom sense around the club here. Of are they actually going to make the right steps, or is it just let's try to find a way to get two games worth of playoff revenue and whatever happens that after that happens like that is, is there legitimately going to be, you know, a, a path that fans can get behind in terms of getting this team back to not just being competitive, but like, what's the whole point of having a hockey team? It's, it's to win a Stanley cup. And, and are they interested in, in making the hard decisions and having a clear direction towards maintaining and achieving that goal? Yeah. I, I mean, listen, are they, uh... 
do they want to do that? I mean, I think you could argue that they would prefer it went a different way the last couple of years based on the decisions that they've made. But this is why I don't put too much into what Chevy said or frankly didn't say uh, on uh, on Sunday is that, and I mean, hey, we live in a world where we want the information now, we want it fast. I mean, if anyone thought that he was going to roll out and say, this guy's gone, this guy's definitely gone, we're trading him, we're looking for this guy, I mean, that's just simply not going to happen. It doesn't happen anywhere, but especially with a group that's as, you know, as uh, maybe keeps things as close to the vest as the Winnipeg Jets do, which is maybe more than, than any team around. I do think, and I've said this a number of times this week, that it was a missed opportunity in the big picture with everything else that this organization is going to try to do away from the hockey operations, selling season tickets, kind of getting people back on board that maybe have been a little disillusioned, certainly with what happened in the second half of the season and the way the team ended, to not give a little bit of a bone on a hint or an inkling of change. But I don't yeah. think for a second that what we heard or didn't hear from Chevy on Sunday indicates like I did see a lot of people going, Oh my God, they're running it back. They're just going to do this all over again. I mean, I, I think it's impossible to do that just based on the situation going on. I mean, these guys aren't dummies. I mean, they realize that, you know, especially in Winnipeg with one year left on these contracts and the inability to get free agents and the difficulties of making trades with guys going on. I mean, this is, a, this is a, a, in a lot of ways, an absolutely crucial few months and I have no doubt that everyone in that building knows the bottom line is though Brandon there's so much that is sort of coming to the forefront that's getting pressed to make happen um it's obvious it would have been easy to say listen we understand this is a disappointing end of the season we do think that we were capable of more but we are happy with the with the gains that the team's made from where we were last year not making the playoffs um, and we'll be doing our best to, to make some changes that continue to make us competitive moving forward, and we'll see what those changes are. I mean, just something like that, yeah. would have, which is the truth, and I don't think it would have cost them anything to do it. Um, but that being said, I really do believe that is where this team is right now. Are, are you there as well? Uh, kind of. I mean, I, 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 I agree with like 99% of that sentiment there. And and I am a hundred percent on board. There it wasn't like nobody. I think realistically, at least, was saying like, "Hey, tell us who's getting moved. Who are you going after?" Yeah. And like it was more. It was more just like, let us know that you find this unacceptable, right? Like you you're essentially the worst of sixteen playoff teams, which put which pushes which puts you like fifteenth, sixteenth in the NHL. Like all all it had to be was some kind of a platitude of. We're going to make changes. We're going to be better next year. And we're not just happy with getting into the dance. We want to be a team that goes deep year in and year out. So something along, I mean, that's what happened in Calgary. I mean, even, the Calgary not, even not promising that they're going to be better next year, because I'm not sure that they will be better next year. But the bottom line is with whatever moves happen, I mean, if you're trading out players like a Shifley or a Hellebuck or Dubois, I mean, it's not necessarily to make next year the year. It is to it is to kind of reset the window and put the team on a positive track moving forward that people can buy in and be excited not only for next season, but for the future and the direction of the team. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I saw the Calgary Flames presser after they fired Sutter, and that, that was a team that finished two points behind the Jets that won a single less playoff game than the Winnipeg Jets. And it was night and day. The two, the two press, and that's a Calgary – like, they, they went to the second round last year. There was no talk of the second round. It, 
it was, look, this is unacceptable. There's going to be changes. We're going to get faster. We're going to get better. And we're going to try and make a run out of this. Like something like anything like that would have been completely acceptable. And then whatever happens, happens. And ultimately talk is cheap. If the Jets, you know, make some, some pretty groundbreaking moves and find a way to be competitive with a different mix of players next year, everyone's going to be fine. And we're going to forget this happened. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought after last year, the, the player interviews and Paul Stasny's comments and what we heard out of everybody there, I, I thought there's no way they bring these, these guys back. There's just no way. You can't do that. And they did. So while while I agree that, like, we're all kind of sitting here going, there's no way, like, one year left, you can't. I cannot fully jump all on board with that. And I, I yeah, I'll be in the, uh, let me see it before I fully commit to anything major happening change-wise here because we've been sold this will be one of the most interesting slash busy off seasons in Jets history for I think two to three years now and we've seen the majority of this core if not all of the core leadership group stay here year after year after year despite disappointing result after disappointing result uh, if it's up to you where do you start what's the first thing that you're doing if you're Kevin Chevel day off if you're talking about the changes what's number one on the list yeah, I, I think it's easy. It's well, I guess first things first. We we talk to Connor Hellebuck and get his sense of of where things are at. I I mean, I do everything in my power to to keep Hellebuck on board, and I I kind of wonder too if that contract isn't maybe a, a shorter one than than people might anticipate there. But I think first there needs to be a conversation had with Connor Hellebuck. After that, though, in terms of like legitimate moves, I, I do the Billy Garen, Blake Wheeler, either a trade or a buyout, Mark Shifley. Trade, we officially move on. I, I don't think this team can take any steps forward until until those two, which have kind of formed what the Winnipeg Jets are right now, until those two are, are out of the picture. And then you start to build your team after that. Um, whether the return is picks or players ready to help now, I, I, I don't know. And kind of depends what the offers are out there. But to me, that the, you have to rip the Band-Aid off at this point here. And we can't continue to have season-ending games where there's no shows up and down the ice, whether or not they're a part of it, right? But just we can't see these same things happen year after year after year and and not look at who's driving the boat in terms of the players on this group and, and not make significant changes. And I think, again, you know, when we talk about or other people talk about this group of players maybe being entitled or, or arrogant to an extent, there, there needs to be a higher set of standards applied to that group in that locker room. And I, I think the only way you can go about changing that is by removing the big names here in Winnipeg and then finding out, okay, who are they going to be the, the replacements for that and who's going to take this team to the next level. But I, I just don't think, I don't think you can remake the Winnipeg Jets until those two big moves are made first and foremost, and then everything's decided after that. Yeah, listen, I don't think you're going to have a lot of dispute uh, around most circles of uh, of the Jets' uh, plan. And again, they're two very different situations. I mean, Wheeler, and the ironic thing about it all is that you know we're talking about the team not showing up. Wheeler was the one guy, he would he have six points in five games. I mean, he actually was pretty good, and he certainly exceeded my expectations of what he was going to be able to do this season on the ice. But it really came through loud and clear with the way he started off with the shots at Bones. Yeah. I mean, saying that he didn't like the way he conducted himself. I mean, I, I, listen, I mean, that, that I think was 
eminently clear that there was um, that, that basically a lot of guys still looked to him and unfortunately sort of followed that mantra with what they said, but also where they went. But once you start there, and I guess maybe this gets back to, you know, what was so disappointing about this season, regardless or the the, uh, the playoff series, regardless of how you see things going in the future with Pierre-Luc Dubois, whether he's traded, whether, I mean, if you maybe were still holding out hope that they could possibly sign him or something like that. I mean, to me, Dubois might have been at the top of the list for who Bones was talking about when he aired the team out afterwards, like our best players. Dubois, when you think about the way he looked in the first game of that series and compare the way he looked in the game five of that series, like I, I... I, I have had this conversation with a number of uh, friends over the last little bit, but like, what the hell happened? How how do you go from there to there in four games in a playoff series? And I mean, whatever. As I mean, I think his trade value will still be very high, but you know, for a guy that finished off the way he did in Columbus, um, I don't think it helped the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to his value, but. That that's another. Th- I mean, that is a guy that I think was right at the top of that list, and you know, he sort of. I mean, he had. We're going to listen to some of his comments a little bit later on. We've kind of been waiting off, holding off those because his situation's so interesting and unique in a way that he is an RFA, but you know, they've got to maximize the value for it. But to me, the disappointment from Rick Bonus probably started with he and Kyle Connor in that in that final game, and we can talk about Blake Wheeler. We can talk about Mark Shifley. Shifley wasn't even playing in that game. Um, and But I think that's a big reason why he mentioned the two months in the in the second half of the season because he did not want to make it all about just the guys that were in the lineup in game five. You're, you're 100% right. That, that, I mean, that's exactly what it is where, you know, the – the, the, the Shifley-Wheeler situation was maybe more of a, a January, February, March thing, whereas the Game 5 specifically was the Dubois-Connor situation where they were just, they were non-existent. And the only time we noticed PLD from Games 2 to 5 was when he took a back-breaking penalty and was sitting in the yeah. penalty box. And those are, of course, the ones that Vegas generally found a way to score on. So, I mean, I, I would agree, too. Like, I, I don't think he's torpedoed his value. But you're not selling at an all-time high or anything like that. What an opportunity it was for him, though. I mean, talk about, you know, you want to call your shots. You want to go. You want to have everyone in the league, you know, you know, wanting you. And, and, you know, and and you want to boost up your personal value when you sign that new contract. Um, Show up for the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and, and, and it, it would be one thing if he was garbage through the entire series. But, I mean, we were sitting here after game one going, oh, my God, this is the guy that they were hoping for when they traded Line and Roslov for. It was about the playoffs. It was about this moment, and that was him. And I still can't wrap my head around how different that player looked from the first game of the series until bowing out the way he did and and they did as a team in game number five. You know, he he looked... Like, that was the kind of guy Vegas was hoping they would get when they traded for Eichel. You know what I mean? And that's like a former number two pick in one of the the, the best drafts in the last 30 years. But that was the level that he was playing at. And it, it wasn't it wasn't one of those situations. Like, the, the game, even just last night, like McDavid against the Knights. Like, McDavid was pushing, but Vegas played him well. But you could like you could see like he's trying things. He's getting involved. 
still picks up two points because he's McDavid, right? But like you could see the effort being pushed out there. That that wasn't the case in, in, in the final four games of that series against Vegas. It was just, uh, maybe I'll play this shift. Uh, maybe I'll back check here. Uh, maybe I'll go to the net now. When when it, He should be a force every single shift that he's out there. And, you know, it's funny too. Like I, I might have said this on... Uh, on your show last week, but I mentioned it when when me and Tyson did a, a, a podcast episode earlier this week. But like, how many Jets fans right now? If you if PLD's like eight by eight, sign me up, I'm done. How many? How many? How many people are okay with that? I I, I don't know because I, I just don't know how you can reliably depend on him to show up over the course of a season and then over the course of the playoffs because these dips and peaks are just it's all over the place and you, you kind of throw on top the fact that he seemingly doesn't want to be here long term it, it kind of makes it an easy decision doesn't it for the Winnipeg Jets here that look you want to be here that that's fine we're going to find somebody a la the Buffalo Sabres when when they made a bunch of their most recent moves we're going to find guys that want to be here and, that, and that's going to be the part of our new group here and I just said it's it's the writing on the wall that's been there forever and I just think we see that take take place sometime this summer I love that you mentioned the Sabres because, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the Jets are sort of being forced into the position that Kevin Adams was with Jack Eichel saying, you know, and it was a lot more public at that point that, you know, he wanted out. And again, this is a player that he did have some term left on his contract, but he's making 10 million bucks. I mean, that's not an easy number to squeeze into, you know, a top level team. Um, but to me, and I mean, listen, the first round pick is big and Peyton Krebs is a really talented young player that I think is going to have a great future there in Buffalo. But the most important guy in that trade was Alex Tuck. And because Buffalo needed to create a new culture in their in their club and they're losing a guy that they had put so much into, what are you getting back? And this is a guy that was leaving Vegas where he had signed a long-term contract, but he's coming back to Buffalo, where he's from, where he grew up, and he absolutely embraced being a part of taking this Buffalo Sabres to a place that they need to be and knowing how much it would mean to the community. And that's really never happened with a local player. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy that's, you know, from Winnipeg or from yeah. Manitoba. But you need to have that buy-in. And, um, I mean, listen, easier said than done. I couldn't have worked out much better for Buffalo, I think, in what they got both on the ice and from a culture change perspective, which they, I mean, of all teams in the league, probably needed the most. But I think there's some real similarities to uh, to that in the position that Dayoff is in right now with some of those players, albeit not trading an Eichel with the $10 million deal in that sort of term, but that is sort of coming back. So let's get to this. I mean, we know that some of these players are most likely going to be gone. When you think about, and we have to acknowledge the challenges of Winnipeg. And I mean, a lot of guys, if they have a no move or a no trade clause, we're right at the top of that list here in the peg. So given all of that, Brandon, when you're thinking about what could possibly be a return that helps the Jets, hopefully in the hopefully in the present, but definitely in the future, what, 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 are, what are you targeting when you're potentially talking about moving a Shifley, a Dubois, or potentially a Hellebuck, because those are the three players that could be on the move that I think still, based on their resumes, have significant value around the league. Yeah, the, I mean, the Hellebuck one is so fascinating because goalies surprisingly get traded for so little. And that's kind of why I 
I mean, one, I'm a Flyers fan, so if I have a good goalie, like, you got to prime for my cold, dead hands. So, yeah. like, there's, there's that part of it for me. So I'm a little bit different than other people. But I, I just, like, I wonder if you're even going to get close in terms of trade value back as opposed to what Connor Hellebuck brings right now. So I got – Helly to me, is a completely unique situation that I think we kind of got to play wait and see on. Um, but just Shifley and Dubois specifically, I think – you know, there are a few intriguing possibilities and I think even teams and, and players that you can mention that might that might be fits and, and you can kind of go in different directions. I mean, the one team that I touched on earlier, but I, I do wonder about, even though that Daryl Sutter's gone now, is is the Calgary Flames. And they have a centerman too out there in Calgary who's got a year left on his deal. And if you want to kind of do let's stay competitive but change the complexion of our core, you know, maybe Shifley for Lindholm might be something that makes both parties happy there. I I, I don't know. Uh, depends how unhappy Elias Lindholm is. But, I mean, on top of that, too, like you would say Calgary's getting a, a more dynamic offensive guy, but Winnipeg's getting what they've been craving for forever pretty much, yeah, right? Like, for how long? Can, I mean, can they afford to trade something, to trade any of those players with the return not being something they at least have control on beyond next season? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's it's a risky move, but you do have a year to convince them to stay at that point. Plus, if you know things go south before the trade deadline, you could still recoup a, a pretty a pretty big package for him in terms of that. He'd be the number one player, I would imagine, available at the deadline there. But that's an like if you were looking at let's try to stay competitive this year. If Hellebuck's in the fold, that might be Calgary might be an interesting team to target in a trade for either. One of their guys up front or on the back end. Noah Hannafin, too's kind of at the tail end. I can tell of you that contract. trade was never happening if Daryl Sutter was involved, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's correct. not involved anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't, don't got to worry about that problem anymore. But two teams that that intrigue me, and it, it, I mean, it's the two teams that were, I think, most rumored to be involved before are the New York Rangers and and the LA Kings. Uh, both teams come out in disappointing fashion in round one. You would imagine both teams are motivated to take their clubs to, to new levels. And they both have a mix of present and future picks, players, prospects that they can throw out there if they want to be aggressive and bring somebody in. I, I don't like I, I'd be shocked if you could get Byfield out of L.A. That, I mean, that would be the dream scenario. But I would imagine the Kings are going to be a little more patient with that. But I mean, well, they've I, still got I, I was talking about Byfield yesterday and. The funny thing about Byfield is that, um, you know, listen, he's got a ton of potential. He's a big center, um, but has not really done it yet at this level. And the Kings, especially with Kopitar and, I mean, the ages of some of those players, I think they really feel that this is their time. To me, Byfield is the guy I think you're looking at as potentially being part of of a hellebuck trade if he went there. Like, I'm not sure if that's the case if you're... And the weird thing is, you could end up getting your center back in a hellebuck deal and potentially... Like, I mean, Boston seems like a team, like potentially with Bergeron and potentially with Krejci, not around. I mean, they're going to have a huge, huge hole at center ice. And whether it's Mark Shifley or Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, a package that potentially brings back like a Jeremy Swayman, for instance, and, you know, a couple of other pieces... You know, it'd be interesting. You're yeah. trading two things and getting the opposite back. But that's what's fascinating about Chevy's options right now or what they are is that you don't necessarily have to just be doing center for center because, as we expect, there's the potential of plenty of moves that could 
fulfill a couple things at the same time. But And the Kings have said that they're looking for goaltending, and they know how important goaltending is. Jonathan Quick was a huge part of why they won those two Stanley Cups, and we saw the move that they made at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, no, that, I mean, that's totally fair. And I think, too, you know, even if the Jets traded a, a Shafley and Dubois for a pa- like kind of your usual package, the whole picks and, and prospects sort of a thing, there's nothing stopping Chevy from that point turning around and saying, what can I get with these? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. is there is there a, a center, wing, D, whatever? What can I get for this package? And go out and flip that for somebody that can be with the team for a couple years, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's there's no shortage of avenues they can go down here. But whenever you're moving guys of, of that caliber, you, I, I always try to look at teams that were hoping to take the next step but took a step back. Because they're usually the ones that want to be the most aggressive. And I think, you know, maybe the Rangers even more than the Kings. I, I might be wrong. I think the Rangers might try to be a little more aggressive than L.A. is. Um, but I, you know, if, if you're talking about, speaking of Byfield, if you want to go after somebody with high-end potential and you're not interested in, you know, quantity, you want quality, he hasn't had the best start to his career so far. But you do wonder if maybe a Lafreniere for either a Dubois or Shifley is part of a package between those two teams if New York wanted to try to take a big, big step forward this year. So I, I think L.A. New York are the two clubs that I think make the most sense right now. But yeah, it is kind of tough to handicap, isn't it? Because there's just there's so many balls up in the air right now. One thing I would mention, as a, I don't know if anybody's brought this up on, on your show, any of the listeners, but I mean, if you wanted to get really juicy, if you were Chevy, I mean, Mark Shafley at 6 mil is... Is, is pretty attractive to a Absolutely. lot of people. Right? How about Mark Shifley at 3.2 mil? It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty unprecedented to retain salary on a guy that, like, you know, you're not giving – you know what I mean? Like, teams are going to be more than willing to, to take him on at full set. But, like, you mentioned a Boston. Or name your contender out there that's close – well, you and, can get, and Boston, you can get Boston's going to have for? some – I mean, the way that things were set up with those cheap contracts and the bonuses – I think someone just mentioned in chat, I mean, they're looking at probably about four and a half million in cap yep. penalties next year. So that is going to be a, uh, a, a a real challenge. But the salary, I mean, <laughs> that's a really interesting <laughs> concept of that and what what that would bring back um, for a player at that number. I mean, it, it could potentially increase the value. And again, it's the, uh, we've seen this before, how much, what is the value of picks? What is the value of players? And what is the value of cap space? And that is one thing that, um, you know, if these changes happen, the Winnipeg Jets may have a little bit of wiggle room to uh, make their situation a bit better. I, I like that outside-the-box thinking. Yeah, that's, that's what we do over here. Wh- so whether I, yeah. they'd be down for it or not is a whole yeah. other story because it's not our money. But Yeah, that, yeah that, that's a fair point. That, that's <laughs> a fair point. But, I mean, you, you also want to, as much as you can, maximize the value of your assets, right? And while right now there might be five, six teams that are both competitive and can fit six mil under the cap, you'd be opening up to damn well the entire league at, at three, whatever we you know, whatever it is, 3.1 million there. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting option that the club could go down because I don't believe they've retained salary on, on anybody else at this point. So they've got their full three slots ready to go for that. Um, they, they might end up using two of them this offseason. But I, I, I do like the fact that I think the Jets can be pretty flexible in terms of how they want to go about, you know, banding these guys out in terms of what we're willing to, to help you out here and then what we're able to take back at a potential package. 
Dude, great stuff. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I think our off-season conversations are going to be uh, are going to be real interesting, uh, as we can say. Uh, <laughs> probably won't be as uh, probably won't be as many fireworks as last weekend. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we'll certainly have some time to do that coming up soon. Hey, listen. Um, thanks again for uh, for jumping on with us, man. Always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, uh, maybe next week we'll uh, hopefully be able to talk a little bit more uh, moose playoffs. Couple OT wins for the fellas last night. We're got a special guest coming up right away, and uh, see if Big Bad Brad and the Thunderbirds can make it through to the WHL final. Wouldn't that be cool to see him go up against the Ice, who made it through to the finals uh, with their sweep yesterday? Yeah, the boys are killing it right now. So. Yeah, it's uh, hey, it wasn't wasn't how I think everybody envisioned it, but there's some there's some beauty playoff hockey going on right now in Winnipeg. So good times there at least. Take it easy, folks. Subscribe to Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcast. Brandon breaking it down, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some good plates coming up in the summer as well. I'm available anytime if you want to uh, go eat something, Brandon. All right, we do have a special guest coming up from the Manitoba Moose. Just before we do that, a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk and. Of course, proudly supporting the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and so many things here in our city. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two local locations. You can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Lots of work to be done outside now that the snow is gone. It's getting nice out, folks. Uh, Consolidated Supply can help you in so many ways. They're the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and of course, Golf Carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba, but also other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options, and also can help you with small engine parts and repair. Popeye and C Consolidated Supply, their showrooms open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Royal Sports is Manitoba's number one sports superstore. You know it well, folks. The biggest and best selection of licensed team gear featuring all your local teams, including the Jets and Bombers, teams around the National Hockey League, NFL, those new draft hats are there, and tons of Jays and MLB gear just in time for the start of the season. And not just for fans, but for players as well. Spring stocks arriving daily, soccer, baseball, softball, tennis equipment, and a huge selection of bikes Get on down to Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, and also follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And a couple more big games tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Whiteout headquarters for the Jets, unfortunately, are over. But BP's the place to be if you want to watch playoff hockey with the gang. Get to your local BP and enjoy the new menu powered by Fanalytics, including the triple play combo with Thai chicken bites, Bandera bread, and cactus cuts. And if you are staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Very special guest coming up. Now, a couple big things. A huge win last night for the Manitoba Moose, but also an incredible award. Um, And this was just announced during the show. So this would categorize as WST breaking news. Uh, Jimmy Oligny, the Manitoba Moose American Specialty AHL Man of the Year for his contributions to the Winnipeg community during the 2022-2023 season. And Jimmy joins us now coming off that big win last night. Jimmy, congratulations both to the squad and you, and thanks for being with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, 
you know, I want to get to the playoffs in that series in a minute, but I'm um, just quickly your reaction to uh, winning the man of the year award. I mean, it's such a, we know how important the community involvement is to the Manitoba Moose. It has always been that way. Um, and to get this award for everything that you've done in the community is really a tremendous honor. Oh yeah. I'm very proud and honored. Uh, but it's not, it's not only my work. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, it's more of a team effort there and, uh, um, the way that the, the staff is uh, helping us get out there in the community, all that stuff, uh, it's not just uh, me winning this award. I feel it's more uh, uh, everybody that kind of contributed and um, getting, getting us out there and helping us uh, achieve all these uh, uh, programs and all that stuff. You know, of course, as captain of the Moose, I mean, there's a lot that goes on along with that. But, I mean, I just want to run down a few of these things that, you know, for folks that maybe aren't aware of what goes on. I mean, open the season at the Jets Fan Fest. You did St. Amant Autism Early Learning Classroom. Served breakfast at Salome Mission. Read to elementary students at Balmoral Hall. Helped raise money for camp quality. Um, visited the Assiniboine Park Zoo along with teammates meeting participants as uh, well as in uh, individual pro um, programs involved with the pride game. Um, I guess in some ways it's part of being a captain, but it's also part of being a member of the Manitoba moose. And that's something you guys have done so far. And I think that probably is a big reason why um, you've had the time and the great run you've had here and got the honor of being the captain. Yeah. Um, no, it's always fun. And what, what, uh, what some of the, People don't know it's that like every time we go out somewhere like uh, let's say uh, Santa Monica or like um, just doing a bunch of visits like that, you, it's it's as much as as much fun as for us that it is for the people that are welcoming us. So um, for me, like I really enjoy doing these things. So uh, it just comes natural. But uh, yeah, it's always fun to get out there and like learn some new stuff and work with some new people and doing all that and it um, brings a lot of um, uh, you know if you feel good about yourself when you, you do a bunch of stuff like that so um, like I said for me it just comes natural and um, I'm really happy and proud that uh, as a team we, we won that award. Well and, and you know and one other uh, one other bit um, that I just before we get to the game and the playoffs um, you helped create a new program in conjunction with the Kinship and Foster Family Network of Manitoba which uh, provides kinship and foster parents with training, guidance, and assistance to enhance their capacities, knowledge, and skills to provide quality care. Uh, you hosted many of those foster families at Moose Games, met with them as well. Just tell us about that and um, you know how rewarding that might have been for you personally uh, as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, that that project kind of you know came. I was talking with my uh, girlfriend and. Uh, uh, we were talking about like some. I, w I wanted to get a little, a little bit more involved, and um, we we're thinking about stuff that you know, not that it wasn't done before, but sometimes like kids that are kind of going under the radar and don't get as much attention and all that stuff. So uh, mm -hmm. we came up with this idea of uh, uh, foster kids and stuff like that, and um, uh, and I talked. I talked with Brad Andrews, and uh, he, he was able to put a, that old uh, program uh, and getting up and running. And uh, I think I think it it went really well. And uh, the kids were, you know, when you, when you see a smile on, on a kid's face, there's nothing better. And uh, we saw plenty of those uh, through that program. So uh, we were. I was pretty happy with it. 
Well, that is uh, just some great stuff. Now, listen, in addition to, uh, you know, this great award, uh, being Manitoba's Man of the Year, um, some other congratulations are in order. Another gutsy win for the boys last night in overtime. Um, I, we'll talk about the series overall, but fill us in on last night, what it was like being on the ice there. Huge challenge, a massive game after the split at home, knowing you got three games on the road to get that one and to do it again in extra time on uh, Wyatt Bongiovanni's OT winner. Uh, what was it like uh, back in the room afterwards? Because we certainly saw the celebration on the ice look pretty damn good. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, um, it was pretty stressful too. Like when it, when it's when it's a playoff game like that and it goes to OT, like it could go either way. But uh, I want to say like I had, a, I had a pretty good feeling this whole game. We were uh, playing like... With our team, we're always playing hard, but I could see like we were winning battles and stuff. And um, yeah, the, like every every win in the playoffs is so hard to get. So uh, we were we were pretty pumped after the game, that's for sure. You know, um, I was at game uh, one of the series, and that one did not go well for the club. And no, uh, and, and what stood out to me was just how many of the guys on the Milwaukee squad I had just seen playing against the Jets for the Nashville Predators. I mean, and that is a nature of the American Hockey League. When a team doesn't make the playoffs, you've got a lot of players that are eligible that'll come back down. Um, uh, you guys, I imagine, knew that you were in for a big-time challenge from the Milwaukee Admirals, a team that you're very familiar with through the year, but especially with the number of guys that had had some time with Milwaukee but ended the season playing in the NHL. Yeah, no, it's... It's like these these guys are getting uh, valuable experience when they they get to play NHL games like that. But uh, I feel like on our side, uh, we didn't get we didn't have too much change in our lineup in the uh, throughout the year. So uh, I feel like that's also an advantage when uh, when it comes to playing in the playoffs and wanting to play as a team. And uh, you know, when when you get so many guys going up and down and stuff, like you kind of lose that not that team spirit or whatever, but you just lose that uh, sense of, you know, that's our team and that that's the team we want to bring in the playoffs and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we have a big command and all these guys that played in the NHL, but also uh, I believe in our group and the way we're, you know, the way we've built um, throughout the year, what, what we want to do in the playoffs. Well, uh, you gotta you can't win without goaltending in the playoffs, and uh, you know I know it was a bit of a revolving door with the goalies coming back the game day of game number one. Uh, but uh, what can you say about uh, the bounce back from uh, the netminders and uh, the Finn Salmon and uh, the the performance he played last night against a Milwaukee team that has a lot of offensive firepower? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sal- Salmonen is a gamer. Uh... Like you can see it in between whistles and all that. When he comes to the bench, he's just he fires the boys up and all that stuff. Around like outside of the rink, is a pretty quiet guy, but uh, you can see the fire in his eyes when we're on the ice and stuff. He's always like talking to boys and uh, always trying to fire us up. So uh, yeah, no, uh, big big step up for him, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we can keep that going. Well, and you know what? I mean, I, I want to ask you about a couple of other players. I mean, he's a captain, you know, one of the longest-serving members of the club. You're the perfect guy to talk about. But, I mean, when we talk about the blue line of the Moose, I mean, we're often talking about Vili and uh, we're talking about Declan Chisholm. And, um, you know, one of the guys that, and certainly Leon Gavanka, who had 20 goals, 
Um, tell us about the uh, the OT hero last night, Wyatt Bongiovanni, and uh, what he's done for the club, and obviously the big one last night to give you guys the two one series lead. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a good shot, like we we've seen last night, and uh, yeah, that's one of the guys that came in this year and kind of got a few um, really important goals for us, even like throughout the seasons. And uh, no, we. Um, we're, we we take pride in telling ourselves like we play we're we're the type of team that plays four lines and uh and uh we saw it yesterday with uh, uh Bunjo when he got that that OT goal uh um couldn't happen to a better guy just a great guy and does does the, all the things right so uh it's it's fun to see a bounce go in this uh, direction in a lot of ways, it is somewhat appropriate that it was a defenseman um, getting the OT winner because, I mean, when you look at the Moose, who are a really well-rounded team, it's not like you're top-heavy relying all on one or two players. But, man, there's been a lot of offense coming from the blue line, uh, really from the drop of the puck at the start of the season. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, we been known for that for sure. Uh, we, we've got some really skilled defensemen um, that are not afraid to, uh, you know, go on the offense and are also able to play in our own zone. So that's, uh, it's been the same group for uh, same group for a while now. And, um, I think they, they matured, they matured pretty good into, uh, what they're trying to bring, bring to the team and what, what their strengths are and all that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to see. And I'm sure it's a, a pretty big threat for, uh, uh, the opposing teams. Well, and, and you know what? We were all pumped, uh, you know, to see our, our guy Jeff Malott score last night. I mean, he's uh, been so kind to jump on with us a few times before, as well as Alex Limoges, who, uh, you know, has been on the show and had a great season so far this year, um, both getting big goals last night. But I did want to ask you about two players. Uh, and, Jimmy, you've been around this league for a few years. You realize that when players who have had significant time in the National Hockey League get sent to the American Hockey League, it can go a couple of different ways. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, a, you know, a bit of a, a, at times, a disappointment. I mean, everybody wants to play in the best league in the world, and when you have that experience, um, some guys handle it differently. From all accounts, Dominic Toninato has been an amazing addition to this club and has really handled it well. And... <clears throat> And Jansen Harkins, I mean, I don't know what you can say about the performance. He, of course, had that OT winner in game number two. I mean, if you could, from a captain's perspective, as a leader of the team, what have those guys brought to the Manitoba Moose and um, how well have they handled, um, you know, being sent to the American Hockey League but also taking advantage of really helping this team get to where you are right now? Uh, I mean, you couldn't have said better. Uh, these, like, these two guys are just... Uh, you know, they're pillars in our team. They're, they're guys that I don't think we'd be there if they weren't there this year with us. And um, and exactly like you said, uh, I've been in this league for a while now and I've seen it go the wrong way. But the, these two guys are just like handling, handling it with uh, maturity and they're, they're, um, they're there to get better like everybody else. And they're showing the way to the younger guys and all that stuff. And I think that's all to their, their credit. And... Um, and uh, the way they're playing too, like it, it might, they might just uh, go back to the NHL soon. So uh, good on them for, uh, you know, handling it with, uh, you know, um, maturity. Like I said, and like not seeing it like a, much of a disappointment or whatever. But you know, tr- trying to get better and helping uh, the other guys along the way. 
Moose captain and man of the year, Jimmy Ligny, with us after the big overtime win last night in game number three. Um, so fill us in. Uh, what was it like in the room afterwards? I mean, it must have been totally exciting to get that done, but you know that the job isn't finished. And uh, fill us in on what the off day is like after the buzz of the big win, knowing how huge the opportunity you have is tomorrow. Yeah, no, uh, we, we take this day to, to rest a little bit. We kind of we got here uh, and practiced the other day and then played right after. So that's just a rest day for us. And we know that uh, the hardest the hardest win of the series is coming up. So uh, uh, I think everybody's aware of that. We'll make sure we mention it again. But uh, yeah, after the win last night, we really wanted that game because it's kind of a pivotal game, if you want to say, like... Uh, especially away from home. So, uh, yeah, we're just resting today and preparing for a big game tomorrow. Well, Jimmy, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on uh, the win last night to the team. Um, and knowing what you and the team does in the community, um, and congratulations as well on the Man of the Year Award. I mean, that is an incredibly important. It's something that you should be uh, really proud of. And uh, hopefully we can talk more about it with uh, – some home games back in Winnipeg if you guys can get the job done. So uh, get her yep. done tomorrow. Good luck in Milwaukee, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking more about the Moose and hopefully seeing you guys back at Canada Life Center and keeping that ice in as long as possible through yep. the playoffs. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> right on. There he is, <clears throat> the captain of the Moose, and just announced today as the uh, Manitoba's AHL Man of the Year, Jimmy Aligny. What a great uh, guy he is. And, and, you know, everyone around the team speaks so highly of Jimmy. And, uh, you know, he is more of a veteran player. And we talk a lot about the likes of the Chisholms and Hanolas and uh, Gavankas. Um, but he's been a big, big part of this organization for a number of years and uh, definitely a real deserving member uh, award winner uh, of that all right we're going to get remus back in here um just before we do that well you know we'll raise a generic lager and a cheers to the moose and to jimmy for that award little brown jug has just launched generic lager just a phenomenal beer we had it at the uh the uh, sports trivia night when uh, we were down at little brown jug last month and uh, I actually had it on tap at the uh, Osborne Tapo. So it's actually out in some of the bars as well. Um, it's your basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way, light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and a crisp finish. You can try it or pick it up down at the Tap Room on William Avenue. It's available in singles or in eight packs. And as I said, keep your eyes open for it and little brown jug around town when you're enjoying a few cold ones in this spring and this summer. Um, we got the Wells Fargo Championship going on right now on the PGA Tour. And, uh, of course, Breezy Bend is now open and ready to go for the season. Uh, I had a bunch of the fellas let me know that they had a heck of a great time at their first men's night on when, on Tuesday. Uh, cannot wait to get out there. Can't tell you, though, right now, Kevin Streelman, K.H. Lee, and Taylor Moore, Xander Shoffley right now in the lead. Uh, I see Rory McIlroy at three under right now. Top Canadians, Adam Svensson at three under. Um, Quail Hollow, an amazing, amazing course. Elevated event. If you're a golf fan, uh, kind of back to a big, big tournament feel after a, a lighter field last week in Mexico. Uh, of course, our golf reports all season long are brought to you by Breezy, one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facility, and the best 19th hold around on their beautiful course side patio. Uh, great programs for uh, men, ladies, and juniors. 
Make it your long-term golfing home for you and your family. Find out more at breezybend.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call for more information. And uh, hey, just before I get Remo back in here, cannot wait to get back out to Aikens Lake at some point this summer. Um, but they're filling up fast. If you're thinking about or want to inquire on a trip to Aikens for a world-class fishing experience and even more world-class hospitality from the uh, Terrens and the great people that run Aikens, get on it now. Find out more at akenslake.ca or give our friend Pitt Turen, Pitt at Aikens Lake, an email. They'll fill you in on uh, everything available, whether you're doing a corporate outing or event or just a great friends and family trip. And uh, by the way, they're looking for one more server or housekeeping staff. So if uh, you do want to spend the uh, summer in paradise, or you've got someone in the family that might fit in well there, send a resume to pit at akenslake.com. All right, let's get Remus back in here. And uh, Remus, what a great interview with Jimmy, man. He is, uh, you know, as I said before, I mean, talking with Dan Fink and people around the organization, what he's meant to the club for a number of years and obviously been named captain. Uh, a great honor for him today. And uh, obviously big smiles around everyone with the Manitoba Moose after that big win yesterday in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. How do you not get fired up, Hust, about back-to-back uh, -back overtime wins? So... Uh, great having Jimmy on. Nice that he came on on an off day and, um, you know, he congratulate him for winning man of the year. But he said, hey, you know, it, it's actually a team award and credit him for giving credit to uh, the organization who's making that community stuff a, a priority, which we've seen throughout the year. So uh, we are looking forward to following the Moose in Milwaukee and trying to advance to the next round. Uh, you know, two players. And actually, uh, during that interview, as I should mentioned brian munn sent out an email the ice playoff uh they announced the dates for the whl championship game one may 12 that's a friday at 7 p.m and game two is the saturday the may 13th at 6 p.m and tickets oh, winnipeg nice. yeah winnipegice.ca start at 25 dollars and they'll announce the rest of the schedule later so those that's our ice schedule Announcement Friday. So Friday and Saturday, the 12th and 13th. So the ice are going to have more than a week off to uh, get ready for either Kamloops or Seattle. Um, and I saw Isha boy Bruce in chat saying he'd already copped his tickets. Um, so if you're with us live on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast today, listen, that building is tiny. I mean, it's not big enough for WHL team or WHL playoffs, but that's where they're playing right now. So if you want to get there, which what very well could be the ice going up against Seattle with Brad Lambert, uh, it's been a collision course all playoffs long. Get on those right now. And um, you know, we'll definitely have some ice content heading into the upcoming WHL Championship Series. And fingers crossed if they can get it done, the Memorial Cup as well. But back to the Moose for a minute. Um, you know, with that big win last night, Remo, maybe get the call ready. Um, I, I, I'm never uh, not impressed, um, you know, with the amount that the Moose in particular do in the community. You know, often the schedule, maybe with a few more weekend games and less during the week and more time at home allows them to get out more. But, I mean, really back in, in my day when we started off, there was a ton of that, and it's just grown and grown. 
Um, you know, Jeff Major does a great job getting the team out there. And obviously Dan Fink, a huge, huge part of it. And when Fink's not on with us and not calling the games, um, he and the great community relations team with the Moose are always working hard right now. So a, a hat tip to all of them as well um, involved in uh, the award for Jimmy today. But let's hear what Fink does best. Uh, I, I'm here every day to play a Fink goal call, especially an OT winner. And uh, Fink was pretty fired up again last night when the Moose got it done in overtime off the stick of Wyatt Abon Giovanni. This is how it sounded last night at moosehockey.com and uh, on CGOB as well. As Morales races in on the right side, he'll turn back to the wall after breaking an ankles in front of him. Here's Bon Giovanni. Leads into one, and he scores! Wyatt Bon Giovanni! Overtime winner! And the Moose take this one! 3-2-2! Two, two. Oh, let her rip, Fink. Their let first her rip. by goal of the series! Oh, what a call from Dan. And hey, we all know there's not much more exciting things than uh, OT winners in the playoffs. And uh, Dan with another killer call last night for uh, another huge win for the club. I'm going to take a lozenge after that one. Really getting up there. And uh, as you said, Hess on Twitter, overtime winner. Just you got to give her on those. No holding back for an overtime winner. So I don't know if they have... uh, Sometimes you see people have the camera on the play-by-play guy during those. I don't know if there was a camera on Dan, but uh, that was awesome. So I uh, love to see those OT winners. Well, if they haven't had one yet, maybe don't start it right now. You don't want to change the juju, but uh, I, I said this on the show. I wasn't sure this was going to be a long series after I saw what Milwaukee brought to Winnipeg and the way they lit the moose up in game number one. And I mean, you know, to win games against this Milwaukee team is impressive. They're not going to be running away with anything, but hanging in these games, getting them to OT and finding a way to win. They've done it two games in a row. They got to do it one more time tomorrow night. Friday will be game number four. And uh, I believe game five Sunday, if necessary, but um, best case scenario is we got another great think call to talk about the Moose moving on to the next round of the playoffs coming out of this weekend. All right, let's get over to the cool bet lines and talk a little bit about these games tonight. National Hockey League playoffs continue, and uh, the Dallas Stars and Toronto Maple Leafs both at home, both down one nothing in their series, and not surprisingly, both big favorites tonight. Leafs minus 195 at home, Florida Panthers plus 164, and the Dallas Stars minus 207, Kraken plus 174. Uh, and as far as the series prices, this is going to be interesting to check it out. Dallas is minus 110. Again, Dallas was minus 204 to begin. They were the biggest favorite of the second round. That one now is basically a pick And the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were a pretty big favorite before the series started, are now the underdog at plus 104. So, Remo, uh, as I was mentioning at the start, you know, if you do still have faith in the teams that lost game one, now's a great time to drop a little series bet on it. But uh, what do you think about tonight's game? Uh, will we be talking about 2-1-1 series tomorrow on WST? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Dallas, they just about had it there. Uh, I pay, I've picked against Seattle in every game. Uh, like, when I was doing my uh, my draft games, I just took Colorado's top guys. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a believer. Uh, I'm sorry, obviously I probably should be, considering they just won game one of the second round. 
However, I would still go with Dallas. Uh, I think Toronto evens it up. Um, those are the teams that I think are going to win the series. So, yeah, I'll take them to tie. There was some, I think it was a tie Delandria who guaranteed a win for Dallas tonight. Said they're, I don't know. Oh, like, I didn't hear. I did not hear we had a guarantee. Uh, it is it is guarantee season when it comes to uh, the, Stan, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And confirm. Oh, yeah, Rob, people. Yeah, Rob Simpson, who we've had on the show, he covers the Kraken's uh, Seattle Hockey Insider, says, Ty Delandria tells the media more than once that Dallas will win game two tonight. We'll take this one. Now, I don't know if it was like a guarantee, if that was like an official guarantee or he's just showing that he's confident in his team. But he did say, we'll take this one. Well, uh, I kind of think they will too. I was stunned that they didn't win. But, uh, you know, as we said, I mean, the one thing they need to avoid and all teams need to avoid is any of their players scoring four goals in a game because it's quite clear that if you do that, it's impossible to win in the playoffs in 2023. Like, how bizarre is that? Back-to-back nights. Four goal scores on losing teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's funny, the team that scored four goals, those were the only four goals. Like, you need more than one guy scoring goals if you want to win here, Dallas and and Edmonton. So, I, I Dallas got a lot of scores. They're at home. Although, you know what? I think Seattle's got the advantage here with these 8.30 starts. Like, this, if you're in the central time zone, come playoffs, you're getting bent over. You're screwed. The fans are getting screwed. Uh, teams are getting screwed. Like the games go to overtime, and it's midnight. There are people that have to go home. They got stuff uh, the next day. So I don't. I mean, if you want to do it in the first round, I get it. But like, what you're gonna Dallas is just gonna play every single game at eight thirty local time? I don't like that. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious tweet from Jason Bruff last night. If you can score four goals in a game, then you can score five. Dreisaitl came up short, and we shouldn't let him off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Um, Tongue firmly planted in yeah, cheek, of course. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, we'll have to see what happens there. I mean, we want to see Edmonton test Brossois. I mean, they scored a lot of goals. On, you know, we know the Jets was struggled to score goals in games, uh, what, four and five. And there goes Edmonton scoring four. However, they gave up. Well, one of them was an empty net. They gave up six, but... Uh, I mean, if you're going to score four, you got to give up. If you want to win, you got to give up less than four. It's just simple math. <clears throat> well, and, and listen, I mean, credit where credit is due. I mean, Vegas got the job done and scored those goals, but you know when Edmonton is going over the uh, over the tape that they'll see that, you know, it was a number of kind of bad giveaways, self-inflicted uh, mistakes that Vegas does such a good job of, um, of taking advantage of. And uh, they did it last night. Mark Stone, a big part of it. Jack Eichel, what he got the empty netter. The guy that's impressed me the most, Reem, though, Chandler Stevenson. I mean, he was a monster in that Jet series and uh, continues to make an impact. Now, I believe, five goals in six games in the playoffs so far this season. The one thing about Vegas is they get it from everyone. Like, Michael Mario was uh, getting in on it yesterday. One guy who Ken Weeb's his favorite player, who's actually a free agent after uh, this, uh, this playoffs, is Ivan Barbashev, him too. Uh, getting on the board. So one thing about Vegas, Vegas and Seattle are kind of similar. I know Vegas has Mark Stone and, and Jack Eichel, but they're not afraid to run four lines, um, both teams. And they're all, you know, anyone can can do it. Yeah, it was Barbershop. He had two goals yesterday. Amadio with the one goal, as you said, Stevenson. So, I mean, these are, these are good teams. And 
Ready to Vegas with their Ford check. Uh, Shane down the Oilers, and we'll see how the Oilers uh, respond in game two. Yeah, no doubt about it. A um, couple things for tomorrow's show. Um, again, we're fired up to be working with the Cinnaboy Downs again, and uh, opening day is coming up on the 22nd of May at the track. But it is Derby weekend. The Kentucky Derby is live on Saturday. And um, as we do each and every year, we'll get a little bit of intel on that with uh, our pal Kirk Contois from Assiniboia Downs. Um, and we'll have Darren Dunn join us at some point heading into the first day of live racing on the 22nd of May. Uh, but if you do want, you can get an HPI bet account. That's what we were having fun betting online on the horse tra- on the races from Assiniboia Downs all last year. Certainly it'll all be up for the Oaks. And uh, by the way, the guy that is the, uh, I don't know what they call it, the master of ceremonies, kind of not, you know, the guy that does gentlemen start your engines at NASCAR, the Kentucky ver- Derby version of that, my guy, Patrick Mahomes. But going much better for Pat Mahomes right now than his <laughs> idiot brother, I will tell you that much, um, who is... <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say that, but you took the words right out of my mouth there, Hustler. Yeah, well listen, I mean uh, I'm a huge Mahomes guy, but his brother is an absolute moron and um you know what? He's actually got some pretty serious charges against him for uh uh a ridiculous I I don't even sure if it's uh, it was sexual assault, sexual battery of um of a woman. Anyways, um the uh, let's just say that all the good genes went into the quarterback of the Chiefs, but uh, he'll be the kid brother will be dealing with the law, and uh, Mahomes will be out at the Kentucky Derby. So tomorrow, towards the end of the show, before marbles, we'll give you a bit of a primer for the Derby. Um, but tomorrow's going to be awesome, Remo, because Ken Weeb is going to join us, and I, I'm quite looking forward to having Ken on because if you recall, we had Ken on the day before game five. This will be the first time we've had Ken on since Rick Bonus, his explosion, since everything on the weekend. And uh, I think we can get into a real good conversation, not as much about what's happened, but where this team and organization goes from here. And, you know, Ken will have takes. And one guy that I can guarantee that it's part of the future in Winnipeg is Josh Morrissey, who very well could be the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. And, Josh is going to join us tomorrow, very kindly giving us some time to talk about the season that has just passed as uh, well as his work with the Dream Factory and uh, kind of putting a bow on our Unsung Hero program with um, <clears throat> with the uh, with our friends over at Wallace & Wallace. And shout out to the gang down at Corden Community Center. Um, this is one of the things that was so great about this uh, this program, kind of honoring people that, you know, are doing so much in the community without really any recognition. Uh, they were so excited. I know that video from our show yesterday uh, when we announced the uh, that volunteer from Corden Community Center as the, uh, the winner of the Unsung Hero was up on all their socials. And uh, um, I think that's going to be a real focus for us next year uh, when we uh, fire up the Unsung Hero program again with Wallace & Wallace. We'll be on so many people that... Um, that really are the lifeblood of minor sports here in Manitoba um, and everywhere, really, volunteers and the amount of hours that those people put in. So we'll talk about that and uh, recap the season and look ahead to next year with Josh Morrissey on uh, what should be a heck of a great way to get into uh, Friday and into the weekend. And, of course, we will drop the marbles as well, Reem. Oh, marbles. Yeah, we got the hoodies. Back to those are in. So this is exciting. And yeah, looking forward to tomorrow's show. I really did enjoy Ken's 
call him after the weekend. So I know he's soliciting questions for his latest uh, mailbag as well. So that'll be a fun chat with Ken. Well, Ken brought the heat. I mean, uh, on a on a Ken Weeb heat meter, that was max. Like mm-hmm. that was maxed out. I mean, when talking about the Jets, so uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, speaking of mailbags being opened, you mentioned this to me off air, and I know our regulars in the chat will probably have a lot of fun with this. But when are we going to be doing our WST AMA episode? where we submit questions, sports questions, non-sports questions, and put them all together for what will be. uh, I'm already laughing at just thinking about some of the the stuff we're going to get from some of the people within the Discord and within our WST YouTube chat every day. Yeah, I got to put out the the question there. But yeah, you know, for summer, uh, you know, we see what Marat's got a mailbag, Ken's. Got a mailbag too, soliciting questions. Why can't we do a mailbag? Like, why can't we solicit listener questions uh, for topics? So, if you do, there's anything, I don't really care what it is. Jets, you know, bombers, what is sports? Nah, we talk about that for two hours every day. Yeah, I'm so, kind of hoping it's more non-sports stuff. To be uh, perfectly sure. honest, food, Winnipeg topics, something you want, anything, what it is. Um, you can DM it to us. Go to our website. There's a contact form. I'm gonna put out a post. On our YouTube, you can comment under, but yeah, WinnipegSportsTalk.com, the contact, you can fill it out there, and we'll do an AMA segment, answer anything, doesn't even have to be sports related, you want advice on something, you want a hot take on anything, um, we will, we will get to it. Uh, um, and you know what, I think, you know, from the success of the poutine hot dog review when I was in Toronto... Um, one of the other things we'll get to more as we have time is some more video, um, some reviews on some other items. I, 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 and I was thinking about this last night because, um, Rima, I may have mentioned this, but have you tried the or have you seen the Mars Mar, Mars cookie dough bar? It's like a I, Mars I bar, but cookie dough flavor. I'm only familiar with Kit Kat Pops. That's the ad that's repeatedly being shown on the Stanley uh, Cup playoffs. That that's a, that was a callback there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had that new Mars bar last or a couple days ago, and uh, for whatever reason, you know the Reese's Big Cups. They now have there's. I mean, my personal favorite one has always been the one with the little mini Reese's pieces in it. There's also one with potato chips in it, and they're always in two packs. But last night I was at Sev. And I wasn't feeling like, you know, a couple, but they had single big cups of Reese's pieces butter, uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cups with um, cocoa puffs in them. Now, I had one. I regretted not doing a video for that. So I'm going to, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a, uh, a run and um, maybe a little bit of a gas station gourmet segment coming up on WST as well with some fun reviews that we can throw on some of our social medias uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, exactly, Cabillas. Mars Mars Bar Cookie Dough version right now. It's in. Uh, I don't think it's in the small version. It's just the king size version with the two. Um, pick it up at Sev right now. I think it's new. I, I liked it. I will say I liked it. Um, and it definitely had the cookie dough flavor, but it's still very similar to the Mars Bar that you've come to know and love. Um, all right, uh, we could talk about junk food for a long time, but we'll wait for the AMAs and some fun stuff we're going to be doing into the summer. Um, that is going to do it for us. By the way, NBA playoffs as well. We were just finishing up the cool bet lines. Series prices up for the NHL. 
If you want to get on it, get to coolbet.com. Check out the exclusives as well. We've uh, had a great run of lock shop exclusives lately. We don't have one today, but um, we're going to have quite a bit of fun with that uh, as well. I, I don't know where I'm going to go tonight. Maybe a goal scorer bet or something like that. Underdogs, especially in these games, have killed us. Uh, although I did have Florida. Could Florida win tonight, Remo, at plus 164? Or, or the yeah, coming I mean, back. they won game one. They have Sergei Bobrovsky, who's back to being a Vesna goalie. I mean, Matthew Kachuk's trying to figure out how they're going to stop this guy from terrorizing everyone. Man, I, like, someone wrote in our comment section yesterday, like, I'm just picturing Paul Maurice. Is there, I want four to win for Paul Maurice. I want to see him lift the cup. And I started picturing, like, Paul Maurice a year after resigning from the Jets, lifting the Stanley Cup. I think it's it's... Very possible. More, way more possible than I thought it was before uh, the playoffs. Like this, I think the East is actually very wide open. It's coming in, you're like, oh, it's Boston. They're winning 100%. Well, now they're done. So I think it's, and just about anyone could win either either one. And what's so great us is the most recent cup champion of all the remaining teams is Carolina in 2006. Yeah. Oh, there'll be a there'll be a long suffering fan base that's getting their hands on the cup, whether it'll be really long like Toronto or whether it be a little more recent. Man, Carolina looked good last night. Uh, I like many people thought that they were in tough just because of the injuries that they've had, but um, they're ready to go. And Rod the Bod always gets his team ready to play. So um, two games tonight. Enjoy those games. We'll break them down tomorrow. We'll talk more about uh, the ice in the next week, getting ready for either Seattle or Kamloops. Uh, and fingers crossed we'll have a Moose series to both attend and watch next week. Um, they've got game four tomorrow against the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, big thanks to everyone that joined us today. Make sure to be here tomorrow. Josh Morrissey, Ken Weeb should be a great one. Uh, we'll also get ready for the, uh, for the um, uh, and we'll actually maybe check in with the, the fish as well. Um, as uh, you know, training camp's officially open, the team's about to get going, and we will have Kirk Contois jump on as well to uh, let us know who we should be sprinkling on in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, enjoy the games tonight. Make sure to join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. And whatever you do, make sure you're there in the last 15 or 20 minutes of the show around quarter to three for the Marble Race. Shout out to Shipman and Associates for the hoodies, which are in. If I owe you one, send me an email. Uh, if you haven't heard from me already, I think I got to everyone, but I might have missed a couple people. And uh, otherwise, folks, uh, shout out to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Enjoy the weather. Get outside. Maybe fire up the barbecue. Get a blizzard from Nick and Nikki DQ. And uh, join us tomorrow to get ready for a big weekend right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks to Jimmy Aligny. And congratulations again on the Man of the Year Award. And, of course, Billick and Rowicki. Been a great afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, 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 shut it down. Oh, Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.